One of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis is, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And my prayer for you this morning as you've gathered with us here online is that there would be clarity in your life and understanding in your life. And uh, if this is your first time checking us out, I'm so glad you chose to join us. Uh, I want you to know that we are here to serve you and your family. Uh, we want to support you through this time. So if you have a need or a prayer request, please reach out to us um, through our website, gaten.church/connect. This is such an important time for us as a church to be ministering, and, and we want to be involved in that. We want to be engaged with that, and we want you to know uh, that we truly do care about you, and we want to be a part of your life. If you're part of our Gaten family um, and you're a regular attendee here, I want you to know I miss you. Um, I'm looking forward to returning back to, to gather, gathering large uh, physically um, so that we can connect small. And as we live in this new normal, I'm hoping that this new normal doesn't last very long and that we get back a little bit to the old normal. And I'm sure that's where you are at, too. And so I just want you to know that we truly are praying for you. We care about you. And we're looking forward to the date that uh, we can gather together again here at the church. Uh, but also knowing that it doesn't we don't need to be in a building to be the church. We are the church wherever we are. And so you at your home, you're the church. And so live into that, know that and uh, trust that today. Well, talking about the new normal, and there's a lot of things that seem to be normal that weren't normal before. Uh, one of those things is, as I was thinking about this, when is the last time you wore dress shoes? When is the last time you put on a nice pair of shoes? Uh, when is the last time you thought about how your top would match your bottom in your outfit? Maybe that was never the case, but uh, now more than ever, we don't care what pants we wear or shorts we wear uh, at any time. Uh, when is the last time you ate one serving of ice cream, uh, chips, or cookies? Uh, the serving sizes don't seem to apply during this time, right? I mean, uh, this is part of our coping mechanism. This is how we cope is for many of us, we eat more than we should, and we call it stress eating and all these different things, but we all have coping mechanisms. Part of what we're trying to accomplish is um, to learn how we can live uh, spiritually healthy lives during a time of quarantine. And so this is quarantine Christianity. And coping mechanisms right now, uh, many of them for us may not be the most spiritually healthy things we can do. And so today we're going to look into God's word. We're going to ask him to speak to us and we're going to uh, open our hearts and our minds to how can we have healthy coping mechanisms? How can we um, avoid the temptations that so easily uh, destroy lives? And through that, we are engaging as a church in the Right Now Media Francis Chan study on James. If you aren't currently in a circle, those are our groups that study together online. We'd love to get you involved with that. So please go to our website and we have information on how to get into a group and have access uh, to the Francis Chan videos about James. So before we go into God's word today, into the book of James, I want to precede it with prayer. And I want to let you know that throughout our church family, we have quite a few that are uh, doctors, nurses, and uh, that also involve with driving ambulances, being part of um, those teams. And we want to be very intentional, especially today, wherever you are, if you would join us in prayer as we lift them to God. Um, they have been uh, going through every day through this um, as some of our great heroes and have persevered. And we are so thankful for them. And we want to continue to pray for them, especially as, as the days continue to pile up. 
and the energy and the stress that goes with that. We want to be praying for those um, people that God would bless them. And, and if you're one of them, thank you so much. Uh, we want you to know that you are in our prayers. We care about you and we know God is using you for great things right now as we live through this unique time in history. Well, before we look to God's word, let's precede it with prayer. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good and Lord, we come to you and we ask you to help us to understand things that you would bring clarity to life, especially right now, as things can be very confusing, very challenging. And Lord, I especially want to lift up uh, my brothers and sisters that are nurses or doctors to you. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, give them energy, um, give them uh, all the, the, the encouragement they need to continue on, to persevere, to continue to be uh, the great leaders and servants and the ones that are really uh, making a profound difference in today. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would bless them, uh, use them, per, uh, put a hedge of protection around them as they minister and serve people and, and bring medical, medical attention to so many. Lord, we thank you that we, we live in a time where, where we can uh, analyze things and we can learn and we have scientists that study things so that we can come to cures. We ask that you would help us come to a cure for this virus that we then can begin to come back together. And uh, Lord, I also lift up those who have lost jobs, those who are um, dealing with new financial difficulties because of this. I pray that you would bless them, give them what they need today. And Lord, lift them up. Uh, we know you love them and you love us all. Help us to trust you during this time and to think about eternity in this moment that, that you are a good God and you have good things in store for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at the book of James, and we've been studying it. We started last week. We started with the idea of listening to God as the master teacher. And as we continue on, we see that, that James is very uh, powerful. He's very passionate about what he's teaching us. And uh, I was thinking about this idea of what it would be like to be uh, the brother of Jesus. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, actually, April 10th was National um, Siblings Day. I have three brothers. I have two older and one younger. If my older brother, Tom, told me that he was the savior of the world and that I should worship him and follow him with my life and submit to him and and be his follower, um, I wouldn't do that. And I definitely wouldn't commit my, my life to that. And if there was a chance I would lose my life because of that, I would have rejected him and said, I don't believe in him at all. But this is the case for James. James is, uh, from what we gather, not a strong believer before Jesus went to the cross. But after the cross, after the resurrection, James becomes this on fire believer, follower of his brother um, and worshiper. And he wants everyone to know this message. And he is passionate about sharing these truths with us. And so as we dive into James, it's just I think it's a valuable uh, point of context to realize how much James was involved with the life of Christ, that he he knew him probably as good as anyone, and yet he wants us to know these things. He wants us to recognize these things in our lives. And so as we begin James chapter 1, verse 13 through 19, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And so this answers a really big question I've had is, is does God tempt us? Is God, has he allowed, does he uh, put sin in front of us as temptation to test us? Because we've talked about him testing us. And here James gives us clarity that God does not tempt us. And, and it is not God's will for us to sin ever. And so it, he can't be tempted. He doesn't tempt us. 
He does test us, which I believe is different. He allows things to happen in our life. He allows us to go through tough things and challenging things, but there's always a purpose of good to come with it. There's always a purpose of a benefit. And I think the difference between a testing and attempting, if you're being tested right now and you're being tried, um, that that can produce something very beneficial for you. But I believe if temptation comes in, the always the result of, of temptation is death and destruction. And that's what we're going to see. And I think right now in this time of quarantine, uh, for many of us, you know, downtime, what we're told is the, the devil's playground. That right now, uh, addictions and challenges of controlling ourselves are at an all, all time high because of our situation. We're in this unique situation. And, and if you're like me and, and probably like most of us, uh, when things are stressful, things are uncertain, we look for things to help us cope. We look for things to help us deal with the situation. And, and the first thing we recognize that James wants us to know, even in this situation, is God is not going to tempt you to do anything that's harmful. God is not going to tempt you to do anything that's destructive. He continues on in verse 14. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And so James is, is giving us this really amazing picture. It's, it's kind of a, a, a morbid picture. Um, if you're doing the study with us, uh, Francis Chan kind of dives deeper into this idea of, of death being born. And uh, as we look at this, we see that this grows from within. This is something we produce within us. Um, these coping mechanisms that we come to, God did not plant them in us. They're things that we cultivate. They're things that we produce within us. And so James is, is, is giving us some clarity here. He's giving us some insight that, that sin is birthed from within and that sin, when it's fully grown, brings death. And it brings death to all types of things. And uh, we can see that if we continue down the path of the certain sins in our life, certain things in our life that are destructive, where they're gonna lead us. And I know this is one of those topics. It's one of those things that we kind of want to avoid. It's like, let's just, you know, put it under the rug. Let's, let's not deal with it. Um, let's pretend like it's not there. But we all struggle with this. We all struggle with this. And if you're watching and, and you're checking this Christianity thing out and one of the views is you thought that us as Christians thought we were perfect or that we have everything figured out and we have it all going for ourselves, um, that is false. We all struggle. This is something we all deal with is temptation and how temptation leads us down a path of destruction and, and destroys all these different areas of our lives. And so James wants us to understand this. He wants us to know this, that during this time of quarantine, we will be tempted to cope with it with very destructive behavior. And you already know that. I already know that. And, and it's tough. It's a tough thing to think about. But what is the solution? What is God's answer? And so James continues on in verse 16. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So James says, look, there's going to be temptation in your life. God didn't give it to you. That temptation is going to be self-destructive. It's going to have really bad consequences. Uh, but recognize, do not be deceived that, that that temptation is not from God, but God does have good for you. God has good for you in the midst of this quarantine. God has good for you in the midst of maybe you losing your job. God has good for you in the midst of getting a, a bad diagnosis. God has good for you even in the middle of very difficult circumstances. God has something good for you. 
And so as we look at this, we see that James is saying everything that is good, every good gift comes from God. And yet there's a shifting shadow. What an interesting term, shifting shadow. One of the things I recognize in my life, and maybe you recognize it in your life, is some of the times you made the worst decisions, you don't really know why you made those decisions. You just did it, right? Why did you do that? I don't know. I just did. I wanted to. I, I thought it would make me feel good. I thought it would be, uh, make me happy or bring pleasure to me. We don't really think through those things. We allow them to happen to us like a shifting shadow as the sun uh, comes up during the day that, that we just really just go along with what's happening and we don't question and we don't stop to think about the consequences. We don't stop to think about how this will affect me, the people I love, my future. And so God is saying, look, you will be tempted. You will be tempted to allow your life to be controlled by shifting shadows to just do whatever feels good, to do whatever comes to your mind and not really process it and consider what it really will do to your life. And so we continue that, that James has an answer in verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the words of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all creation. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to becoming angry. And so James rounds it out. He says, look, God's not going to tempt you, but you will be tempted. And that temptation is going to be birthed from within you. And in those moments, recognize that that is a shifting shadow. That is a, a destructive power. And if you don't, if you're not intentionally dealing with it, if you're not intentionally focusing on it, um, you will be controlled by the shifting shadow of the, that temptation that comes up in your life. And as he concludes, he says, look, I'm going to give you something. I want you to think about it and I want you to reflect on it. Here's a tool on how to, to not be tempted or how to overcome temptation when it comes to you and not be a shifting shadow. And here's what he says. He says we are to be quick to listen. Now in the context of this verse, we understand this is our relationship to God. And so I need to be quick to listen to what is God saying to me about this. I know when I am tempted, I, the last thing I'm thinking about is what does God think about this? Temptation has a way of us ignoring God. It has a way of, of forgetting that God even exists and really just focusing on that one thing, whatever that thing is. And we all know it. We've all experienced this. We've all felt this before, that that temptation sucks us in and, and we begin to feel the draw of it and, and we begin to feel the enticement of it. But what if at that moment of enticement, when that temptation begins to reveal itself to us, that moment when that thing is, is right in front of us, if at that moment we, we said, I want to listen to God right now. God, what do you think about this? I want to invite you into this circumstance to help me. I want to invite you into this place to help me at this moment. Because I'm feeling tempted into something that I know is destructive. I am being tempted into something I know will not be beneficial, but will bring death. And so James is giving us this practical tool for us as we live in a time of quarantine, as we want to be spiritually healthy during this time. If we would stop and listen to God in the moment of temptation, what would happen? How would that be beneficial for us? How would that give us um, a pathway out? Next, he says, be slow to speak. If you're like me, I can be a lawyer in my own head. I can justify just about anything, right? You can come up with reasons why this temptation is okay, why it's not a big deal, why God probably doesn't even care. Um, 
we, we are really good, no matter how young or old we are, of convincing ourselves that, that things we know are wrong are okay, right? And that's how temptation works. We justify it. We come to a place where we figured out why this isn't a very big deal and, and why I should be okay with it and why I'm going to do it regardless. I don't care. No one's going to control me. No one's going to tell me what to do. And I think James is encouraging us to be very slow to try to convince ourselves of these things. Be very careful of what we say to ourselves in our brains, in our minds, in our thoughts. Because many times we are our, our, our worst enemy. We convince ourselves to do things that are extremely self-destructive. And typically, typically we do that because we just want relief. Typically we do it just because we want to fit in. Typically we do it because we feel that that is going to make us happier than what God will ever help us be or make us be. And so finally, the last part is to be slow to anger because many times um, we can, in, in our spirits, God, why did you allow this to happen? Or why can't I do that? Why can't I be like everybody else? Why can't I just do these things? Why can't I just allow this to come into me? Why can't I just give into this temptation? I know if I do, it's going to help me feel some relief. Why can't I just do that right now? And when you recognize that God's saying, no, hold on, persevere, don't give up, don't quit, don't fall into this trap. That can, that can cause some anger, right? That can cause some frustration. That can cause some challenge. But in my life and the things that I've recognized, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain you've seen this too. When you're willing to persevere, when you're willing to follow God's way, even when it, it's not easy or even what you want, that there's something good he has for you on the other side. If you're willing to persevere, he always has something good for you on the other side. And so as we look at this, this, uh, these, these, this passage from James, basically we can summarize it this way. If we use sin to cope, we will find death. If during this time of quarantine, we use sin, addiction, to cope with it, if we use sin to help us to deal with it, then in that we're going to find death. But, and contrary on the other side, if we look to God, if we look to God during this time as our coping mechanism, as the way we cope with it, I believe we'll find life. I believe you'll find life. I know that all of us are at different places in our lives and we have different temptations and we have different challenges, but all of us have temptations. All of us have things that are trying to pull us away, things that are trying to um, entice us. And yet James really wants us to know, and I believe God really wants us to know that there's a better way. There's a better way to cope with this situation. There's a better way to cope with where we are right now than to fall into the temptation of sin. I want to share a verse with you. If you're doing our, our study through uh, Francis Chan on, on, and through Right Now Media, it, it gives some encouraging verses to memorize. And one of them I felt was very helpful for us is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I know as you listen to me, there's maybe a temptation. You're saying, but this is too strong. It is too powerful. I cannot. And I want to encourage you right now that, that, that one day at a time, trust God one day at a time. 
and maybe you will fail and maybe you'll fall back in and, and that's part of, of the journey. But to trust, to trust that God has a way, has a way. I mean, it may not be instantaneous and this may be a process for you. And maybe you're at a place where counseling would help or uh, having someone speak into your life regularly would help you. But there is a way that will bring relief. There is a way of hope. There is a way to, to, to overcome temptation, to overcome these things that entangle us. And God is saying there's nothing in this life um, that can keep us from the, that, that opportunity of hope that he has for us. And so right now, right now I want to encourage you, whatever that thing is that God is speaking to your life, whatever that challenge is you're having, as we sing this next song and we consider what God is doing in our hearts, would you be willing, would you be willing to ask God to get involved in that area of your life? Say, God, I know I've been tempted and I know I have fallen into this temptation many times. And, and Francis Chan says we should swim away, swim away from temptation. And I, I haven't. I've let the hook get into my mouth and I've been caught by this temptation. And, and I need relief and I need hope. Would you invite him into that circumstance for you today? Maybe today you're watching and you were just checking us out and, and you sensed that God is speaking to your heart and... And you want to have relief. You want to have hope. You've, you've seen how self-destructive behavior affects your life. And, and you want relief from that. And you want to know that there's an answer to that. Well, would you invite God into that? Would you ask Jesus to help you through this circumstance? It's not a magical thing. It's really a relational thing. God wants to be in a personal relationship with us. And so right now, as we sing, would you take a moment just to to talk to God and allow him to encourage you and allow him um, to give you a direct path through this. And so now as we sing, let us allow God to speak through us and to us. <laughs>